Will McCloy is best known to triathlon fans as the voice behind the Arena Games and Super League Racing, for whom he's been commentating for over five years. But now he's also flying up the ranks of Aussie Age Group Triathlon after a first outing at the World Triathlon Sprint Championships in Hamburg in mid-July, where he puked, fought walls, raced actual former elite champions before going through it all again in the relay. So, Will, welcome to the World Triathlon Podcast. How are you? Where are you? I am in Sydney. I am recovered, just, and... Um... I don't know if I'm rocketing up the rankings. Well, I guess I started at zero, so um, I'm rocketing up to the top 63 in my age group. What an achievement. I'm pretty happy with that, though. Less so than than your family and kids when you got back, by the sounds of it. There, was, there wasn't there was a huge sort of hero's welcome, unfortunately. Uh, no, there never is because I spend such a lot of time flying here and there, and my wife does as well. So mm-hmm. there's that that like a um, you know welcome home daddy type scenario. Just nothing. I, last time I went away, it wasn't this time, but last time I went away, I was gone for eight days. And when I came in the door, my daughter said, "Did you go to the gym?" <laughs> like I've been gone for eight days, and my that surplus to requirements in this household that you just thought I'd popped out for an hour. Dear, oh dear. So no, no, no heroes welcome, but. Now, yeah, and you're host of the Short Shoot podcast, of course, as well. I don't know how you normally prepare for these things, but um, I've just taken the bins out, tidied up, feeling quite zen and ready to go. How's your day been so far? Uh, busy. Well, there's lots going on with uh, all of our athletes at the moment because I'm involved in some athlete management and bits and pieces as well. And obviously, we're right in the guts of all of the um, racing going on in Europe. So it's been a busy day, but the kids are... I don't know where I don't know where they are, which is always a good sign. And uh, yeah, ready to go, mate. Ready to talk about my favourite subject, which is which is me. Well, and uh, and also you in the context of Hamburg, which uh, yeah, just happened two weeks ago, just shy of. Um, yeah, as a man who puts triathlon into words, put that tunnel swim into words for us. Oh. How did you find that little forty meter stretch of dark, dingy grimness? I tell you what, I mean, it's going to be hard to talk about because I buried it so deep in my subconscious. The therapy has helped a lot, but it, it's nothing prepares you for that. So, like when I saw, you know, an article from Gwen Jorgensen saying, "Oh, it's not a, it's not a fair place in there. Like it, it wasn't a fair swim." I'm like, I totally understand you, Gwen. Gwen, you and me are on the same level. So, I mean, to, I think the occasion got to me as well. So, you know, you line up there. You're in your wetsuit, you're overheating. The water is like warm brown coffee. Like, and then everyone's like, it's very testosterone in the 40 to 44 age group as well. So there's a oh, lot right. of kicking. Yeah, that particular age group, perhaps, is like mm. there's quite a lot of p- proving yourself going on. Yeah, it's, it's the midlife crisis age group. Like, it's very, and there's a lot of elbows and knees and stern looks and words being said even before we even started. So, like, if you look at my, I went back and looked at my heart rate and stuff, and it goes up to like 180 in the first 15 seconds and it doesn't go down again. So, and it's all contained in that tight wetsuit, right? So, it's in hard every beat is like you're feeling Mm -hmm. it through your entire being. So, I go out there to the first 400, like, and I first 400, I was charging. I was like, one minute 20 pace. I was like, yes, awesome. Totally blew the doors off, got to the, far boy where there was no crowds just had a little breaststroke up there which just keep that between you and me because <laughs> i was like no one's around i just need to just calm myself down the, the way back was a lot slower and then i could just see this you can kind of hear and see the tunnel getting closer because you get all these people on top it's it's so iconic and i've been watching it every single year for years but then when you're actually in the water it's it's like no it's completely different and then you go into this tunnel and it's um it's so dark 
and so much longer than you think. Like when you're walking across the road, it's not that far. But when you're in the water, oh, it's like 40, whatever it is, 45 metres. It felt like I was, I felt like I was in there for two days. I punched the wall like halfway because I got disorientated, swam straight at the wall, punched the wall, elbowed well, a guy. Are you, yeah. yeah, heading in there, I'm thinking about what my instinct might be would be, oh, the safety of a wall, not too many people around me, da da da. But actually, well, you're surrounded by people and a wall which isn't going to move and you're just going to crash into it and just... I was trying to move the wall. Like, <laughs> I, but, yes, I went to the side. I was like, all these people seem to be swimming faster than me. I need to move over because otherwise, because I just kept getting, like, you know, assaulted from behind over the top. Um, but then the wall didn't move. I was, like, moving it out of the way, but it didn't want to go anywhere. And then coming back out into the light was, like, being reborn. I was like, ah. Oh. Thank God, thank goodness. And then, you know, then there's like eight people helping me out of the water because obviously in age group racing, someone pulls you out of the water. And that's where my race started to get better. But that that part was not, I didn't, I'm not keen to experience that again until I do it again next year, hopefully. <laughs> all right, good. Well, yeah, an extra bit of therapy there as well. It's, it's important mm. to get things out. But I feel like all the elites needed it as well. You know, having to hit that moments from leaving the pontoon right i did you see much of their oh the elites racing as well i did like funneling in and some kind of taking the left tunnel some taking the right tunnel it was one where i think only gwen gwen was the only one on the left tunnel we were like oh that's kind of interesting and missed out all the melee and had probably like one of the best first bits bits of swims of her life because she just avoided all the nonsense it was yeah. yeah, it's good. You need to be Cassandra Beaugrand. Like, mm. that, like I've got this photo on my phone as I watch them take off from the pontoon, and within about eight strokes, she's a, a full body length ahead of everybody else, and then it just gets further and further. And she had one of those weekends where she is just on. There's some weekends where she's not on, you know, and, and but she always says she has the talent. It's always there, but then sometimes it just all comes together, and she just never looked from the very beginning like anyone was ever going to beat her. Like yeah. Beth Potter had the only chance, you know, but then even then you saw it, like you saw it, she just ran away with it. But her swim is just astonishing, like astonishing. Yeah. Like and I, put up, even, I put up a photo. What's that? It's not even like typhoon arm speed. It's just reach, power, the whole shebang. Matt Hauser did similarly, I suppose, like yeah. getting out in the in the clear water but she in That's between the mean. races cassandra was just didn't seem like any interaction with anything that was going on around her just yeah she's in the zone i've heard about this the zone i've never been in near it but i hear that people get inside it so next time i'm just going to sit there and just quietly you know meditate too i don't know what she's thinking about i'll be thinking about when do i get food after this and then hopefully i'll be in clear water well i will be in clear water we'll be at the back so there's that. But, like, I posted this photo of Cassandra, like, because I was standing there on the steps near the bridge on uh, on in the final race, and Cassandra was streets ahead within the first 30 metres, and I posted a photo. I'm like, this is Cassandra and this is everybody else. And then Georgia Taylor-Brown texted me and she was like, she is an absolute animal. And I'm like, if Georgia Taylor-Brown says that, then that is correct because, yeah. you know, we know how good Georgia is and uh, hopefully she has a speedy recovery and comes back even better. But... Cassandra was in in the zone, so I've got to funnel a bit of that Frenchness. Funnel the French, and you were stood on those steps, were you on the side there? So you got like that, mm. that kind of plum view of it's it's a good atmosphere there, isn't it? Had you had so you good. been in person to a Hamburg before? Never ever. Um, no, I'd never been to Hamburg. I've been to plenty of places, other places in Germany for different reasons, but I've never been to Hamburg. And then when you realise that you're really in the centre of the city, and people just if you had an event like that in the middle of Sydney. There would be protests. People would be on their horns honking like, get out of the way. This is ridiculous. 
they just embrace it so well. And I just was very impressed. And they, you know, I'm running a long in age group race, you know, like body semi jiggling, like doing my best. And there's all these like crowds, like 10 deep cheering for you. Just like, you never experience anything like that anywhere else. And triathlon's a wonderful sport in that respect, because you can be an age group athlete, represent your country, go to this huge event. It folds in with the elite athletes. I just, it doesn't happen anywhere else. So I just, I thought it was awesome. And that's why I flew 28 hours to just do it. And then back again within like a six day period, because I just thought I, w- I want to experience this. And ah, it was wonderful. You also had some pretty strong weapons on your, in your start line, right? You had Stuart mm. Hayes. So talk me through how it came about in the first place, because, um, well, f- for one thing, there's been some quite interesting chatter by the sounds of it uh, about a few age groupers slightly getting the hump about all these past weapons coming back and racing the age group and so on which you know i can sort of see both sides of the argument but fundamentally you've got to be quite chuffed that you're sharing a start line with these people right um and also so just wind it back to when you was it a bet was it just something you kind of had in (laughs) in the back of your mind for a while that you fancied doing or well, I've been doing like just age group races for ages. You know, like I, before 2017, and I got and Macca, I met Macca and got the job on Super League Triathlon. Never even seen a triathlon. So mm. just had no background in triathlon at all. But then, you know, you meet these people and you get surrounded by all these people that they're just wonderful people in triathlon. It's such a welcoming community. And then I thought, I could have a go at this. And then um, you do one and you just go, that was really crap. I could do better. And then, you know, what's like, you, you just get involved in the, in the community. Like it, it's, it's just more welcoming than you, a cycling community or a running community because everyone's a bit shitty at one of the three sports. So there's not as much ego going on. In, in in <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Everyone gets humbled in one third of every triathlon. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Doesn't know where it is, but everyone's different for everyone, but that makes it nice. So then I was doing age group races and then I actually um, I was doing other stuff as well, other sports. Um, and then at Montreal uh, Arena Games in February, we were at dinner. It was like minus seven degrees. We're sitting at dinner afterwards and, and, and Michelle Dillon was there. So, and Michelle, as you may or may not know, she went to a couple of Olympics. She actually won the age group event in Hamburg. She's that's her third age group world championship. She went to the Commonwealth Games, etc. And she's one of the assistant uh, managers for the teams in Arena Games. And we were talking about the fact that there's another one coming up, and is she going to do it? And she's like, you know what, I'm a coach. Like, do you want to do it? And I was like, no, I don't think I can. Strong deflection. Know. I don't know, man. I'm like, I'm like 90 kilos. Like, I don't know if that's legit. And she's like, I will coach you. We will go to this thing. When's the when's the race? Like, when's the qualifying races? And I was like, you know what? Fine, let's go. So then she just put me on this insane, insane training plan. Like for me, insane because I have like three jobs and two kids, and so it was like 15, 18 hours a week, which for me is a lot of time commitment. So I did that. Went to a qualifying race here in New South Wales in Australia. Won that from my age group, which I was like, I've never won anything before in my life. I've got the medal and I'm like, I've been wearing it for like four days. Kids must have loved that at least, surely. Crossing the line. They did. Yeah. Yeah, no. Dad, apparently dad's won an an Olympic gold medal. Like that's basically (laughs) the vibe that they're putting out there at school. And I am not correcting them. Can't quash that kind of, yeah. Mm. No, no, no. Foster the myth, create the legend. I'm basically an elite athlete as far as everyone in my school district is concerned. And so then suddenly it was on, right? So I got another mate of mine uh, who who I do a lot of age trip tries with. He, He came and did the race with me to qualify. So we went over to Germany together. 
And it, like it just couldn't have been better, a better experience. So it was eighty strong Australian team. Everyone's staying in the same hotel. You've got like a bike mechanic. You've got a physio, and you just get a little taste of what it's like to be an elite athlete just for a couple of days. And you know we're staying in the same hotel as the British team, so you're just sitting down at dinner, at breakfast with like Beth Potter and Alex Yee and all these people, and you're just like, oh, it's nice to be on the other side of it just one time. So it's a lot harder though. It's you all, make it's sure easy to talk about. You were wearing the tri suit at breakfast just so that Alex oh God, and always. Beth and that knew that you know, oh, you're one of us now. And okay, cool. That's. <laughs> oh, I think they could tell that I was, you know, one of them. Like I weigh more than both of them put together. Uh, but yes, I yes I had the t- the kit on at all times. I'm wearing it right now underneath my jumper. Actually, uh, I just like the feel of it against my skin. That's Haven't the thing, though, right? The, the suit is a is a major part of it, isn't it? Like getting that through the post and just going, all right, this is this is on now. This is it elevates. It's all for the gram, mate. All for the gram. You know, the minute it came in the post, I'm like, bang, put it on Instagram. Don't put a lot of context around it. Just put the thing that says McCloy Australia. And then just let people come to their own conclusions, which might be incorrect, but that doesn't matter because they don't know anything about triathlon. There you get it. Perfect. <laughs> uh, and did you not? Yeah, was were you in? Uh, was your transfer in the company of Henry Schumann as well from airport to it hotel? Was. I'm sure I saw a picture of. Yeah, you have been stalking me. I, I do that. like a good stalk before any. No. Any you chat. managed to not accidentally double tap any old photos. You got to be careful when stalking people that you don't double tap something from weeks ago. <laughs> How do you know? I you... go under. I've got about yeah. five accounts. I just go by the. Ah, uh, the burners. The <laughs> burners. Very good. Yeah. So we ran into Henry looking lost at the airport again. He was like in the in. The, he's like this big. He's like you know, you know. This is not a video podcast. He's little. Um, and he was in like the unlimited legroom seat. And right. So I was like. Oh classic schoolman mm. um but you know we've had a lot lot to do with each other over the years and so we we actually end up catching a transfer together and uh you know swapping elite athlete stories like we do you know us elite athletes just young, it was just normal young. normal yeah. elite chat you wouldn't understand it's it's about you know body fat percentage and um how many well i don't, I don't even know where do you start that kind of henry i know you're a olympic medalist but any tips for a uh... 45. I was giving him tips. I was like, listen, mate, you've got to... Pre-race rituals, that kind of thing. Yeah, like you should try having a like a whole German schnitzel the night before you race like I did and see how that goes. It didn't end up being great. <laughs> but, you know, as a, as a project, did it? Um, did you surpass yourself? Are you sort of, you know, you're, you're a man who likes to set yourself challenges and then kind of come away and just be like, yeah, that was freaking, that was great and I'm going to do that again and... Yeah, well, I think like when you have daughters, and I do have two, and you know, I, I don't think that I think they've got the same level of like um, genetic talent as me, which is not tons. But you want to make them, you want to be brave when you make choices. So like, I just didn't think I could do this, so I thought, you know, I'll have a go, right, and then try to show them, especially that like they can have a crack. And you know, my seven-year-old just done her first triathlon, and. She did not think she could do it either. And, you know, and then she was so stoked when she did it. And, you know, like you've got to be able to lead by example in your family. And um, I like to try and do like one big thing every year so it doesn't just like slip past me. And, uh, and I thought, you know, I can, I can do this. Now, as soon as I finished the individual race, I was like, ah, that was terrible. I can do so much better. My swim was like three minutes slower than my best swim, which was ridiculously bad. Um, but, and I just loved it. And as soon as I finished, I was like, uh, I've got to do this again. So already I'm going to go qualify for the duathlon and go to Townsville next year. 
um, yeah, nice. because I just thought I can give it a crack. But they but in the duathlon they're running like a, a sixteen minute five k, which is not possible for me because I'm fat. So it, that doesn't matter. I mean, you got to have goals, right? So that that's that's the plan. I just I just loved everything about it, and I love everything about triathlon because it's an individual sport, but it's such a team atmosphere, and I think that's what I loved about that. It's so well run in, in Hamburg as well, and we just felt so welcoming, and everyone was so happy to see you. And um, yeah, I just want to keep doing it. And my wife's like, "Oh my god, can we not? Can we not? Please, let's not go to Spain next year." <laughs> but so I think we're going to go to Townsville and have another crack. But you know, it's also good to see how hard, like what it is like from an athlete's perspective. It's not exactly like what the elites are doing, but you know. I've been on the other side of it for so long. It's it's nice to to see how hard it is. Like when when you with that super sprint format, so hard. Like every forty five minutes for like three times in a row. I just don't know how you can get up for that. So no wonder they're all shattered at the end. Even though they're racing so short distances, that's they they go through a lot. And triathletes, elite triathletes, they go through a lot too. Like to be able to put it together on a day like that, you have to be extremely elite in every respect, which I am not. Yeah, so you you started out calling more the motorsport side of things as well, yeah. right? Was that that was kind of the first love, was it? Or well, so I so I I fell into it. I actually started in television news, and so I spent a, a few months going to like uh, murders and drug busts and court cases and all. Like news is so depressing. It was just the most depressing time ever. And I'm I'm not that's trying not to keep me, it so. in your true style, upbeat and sort of. Then. Yeah, I'm like, well, yeah, there we are. I'm the court. Like, going here, but it's not really working. <laughs> Go to sport, and you're like, yeah, yeah. perfect. Oh, I have forty thousand kilograms of meth. Uh, you know, like nobody, that's not what they wanted. I'm not a, like, I'm not, you know, a war correspondent as much as I'd like to be. So uh, I went to sport and then at that stage I was doing Formula One. So I was doing that for a while and MotoGP and, and, and other motorsports as well. And then it morphed into rugby and cricket and, you know, Commonwealth Games and Olympics. I went to London Olympics and um, rugby World Cups in France and bits and pieces. So I, I, I was bouncing around all different sports. Um, I did a lot of golf too, like which is a very different commentary voice. So instead of like a uh, Super League triathlon golf's like, oh, I think he's got about a nine iron here, and I think he's going about one eighty to the pin. And, and, and even then, people like, are going, "Shh, geez, keep it down." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Wait, just calm down. I'm like, I can't be any more yeah. calm than this. I mean, listening to the um, open on the radio over the weekend was one of those where you're just kind of these guys are so good and they're just ghosting around, and but half of it is just like the random chit chat. Well, and the the tests, yeah. right? The ashes. They had to fill yeah. an entire day where it just rained all day. There was nothing mm. to talk about. And they kept going and kept going until they finally pulled the plug at 6 p.m. And you could hear, yes, the like relief in all their voices that finally they were able to clock off and stop trying to yeah. desperately like find something else out of the ether. But that's true. But they, they would listen. Well, it has to be, you know, like, and they have to, they, that's why the very best get the jobs, you know, yeah. so especially for that, like, with, oh, that's hard work. Whereas, when Super League started, it's every decision around Super League is, is how do we make it more exciting and more fast paced and, and better for television and to draw people in who don't necessarily care about triathlon, but they like a good contest and they like, you know, they like a good entertainment piece. So that's that was good for me. So I, even though I had never at that stage, I was doing all presenting and reporting. So I hadn't done any commentating ever. And Macca was like, 
we like you. We've seen a whole bunch of different people. You know, do you want to come and do this? And I'm like, yeah, because you know everything about triathlon. I'm like, yep, 100%. Didn't know, didn't know anything. Didn't know anything at all. And then do you do you commentate as well? And we've just seen a lot of presenting and stuff on your show reel. And I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. Sweet. Never done it. So then like, we kind of turned up to Hamilton Island. And I was like, oh, this is going to be bad. And what a it was great. Debut. It, what a yeah, baptism yeah. by fire. Like the foot that I was just watching it back yesterday. What an opening shot! You've been like you're, mm. you've got two absolute legends of the sport next to you. There's a helicopter swooshing in just to get that perfect angle. You must have thought this is this. Well, I was you were bricking, bricking it. it. <laughs> like I was because they were like, shot. look, yeah, what you got? Okay, it's going to cost like eight hundred bucks in fuel every time this this chopper has to reposition. So don't stuff it up. Like, don't stuff this up. And I'm like, <laughs> you know, inside. But, like, I'd gotten used to by that stage, like, the live television, like, you're inside, you're panicking, but you've got to, like, channel it into your performance or whatever, um, which you learn to do over time, but totally breaking it at the beginning there and kind of thinking, but that's the bravery thing. Like I said, like, I'll oh, try and bite off more than I can chew as much as I can in all different areas. So then you end up just chewing harder and then then you figure it out, right? And then you're like, and then at the end of that weekend, I was like, this is amazing. I loved every minute of it. I felt it was a really empowering environment for the athletes and for the crew and for, obviously Hamilton Island's a beautiful place. Um, and, then, and then we didn't do anything for ages after that because we – I don't know, various different reasons. And then we went to go to Jersey and we did it again there on the other side of the world. And we did a chopper shot again. I was on top of a castle and I was like, <gasps> same thing again. Um, but then it's, then we've gone, I think we've done 38 different events or something like that now with Arena Games chucked in. And I still get that same feeling. I love going there. Like when I brick it, when I kind of brick out my year, um, I find out when they're going to do this and then I build everything else that I do around it. Cause I do other sports and stuff in between. Hmm. Um, but this is my favorite. So my wife hates it because I'm going away for like weeks at a time. But she understands how much this this one means like a lot to me. I would give up everything else, but I'd lo- I love to do the triathlon and Super League stuff, especially. I just think it's really special and the athletes are great. And and you know them too. They're all great people. They're not well, the other sports like when I speak to like Lewis Hamilton or whatever, like he doesn't care about anything. So they got <laughs> hard to deal with, right? They're hard to deal with. But in triathlon, they're just like super happy to be involved. So that, that makes it a lot easier. Yeah. I came from boxing. They were certainly sort of less mm. approachable and less, um, well, erudite, I suppose would be a way of putting uh, it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah we have football here. It's the same thing. Not quite as, but yeah, like part of the magic of the sport and what makes you can't, you know, you can't help but get more invested in it is the approachability of the athletes and how just how much they love what they do and that kind of shines through everything. And they just obviously want to just talk about it and don't have that, you know, that, that those kind of protective uh, barriers up, I think. But then I suppose you have to sort of, as an interviewer or someone that works around them, you have to kind of put your own in, don't you? So that, it, you know, there, there still has to be that professional distance that, yeah, I don't know, sometimes. Probably- well, the, the triathlon's a smart, it's a smart people sport. It's, yeah. it's not, it's, it's not a sport where you can, you know, routinely be averagely good and make a million dollars. So people love it. Like the people that are involved, they love doing it and they are generally well-traveled and clever, inspiring humans. So what could you, what more could you ask for in terms of people that you're spending, you know, each day with, and we're on a tour, like you're on a tour with everyone. So you get to know everyone really well. You see everyone at breakfast, 
you know, they eat 10 croissants, I eat 10 croissants, they go riding for five hours, I sit quietly yeah, until lunch, you know. <laughs> yeah, 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 it works. It works for everyone. You still get, uh, you know, the nerves. What if you're thinking like, right, that Hamburg finish line, uh, start line, there were 10 of them left, the men and the women for the final round, the heartbeat comes on, imagine that what they've just been through and what they're about to go through. What is what is the equivalent of the heartbeat for you as presenter? What's the countdown look like as you're about to sort of launch into, you know, for example, Hamilton Island or the championship series this year? And do you still have that like voice on your shoulder that just says, you, you might just forget every word in your head? Oh, yeah. That, but that's what makes it so good. Mm. Like, that's what makes live television good. It's the same. Fe- I mean, imagine it's, the, I imagine it's the same feeling because, you know, you're kind of sitting there on the start line and, and basically with television, you know, there's two ways to approach it if you're like the talent, right? So the talent, there are people who think that if they're the on-camera people that they're the most important and then they just get, they become prima donnas, right? And there's plenty of them, you know, and everyone just kind of hates them, but they but they have this job that's visible, so they think they're great. But I try to approach it like the opposite way, which is there's hundreds of people involved in a television broadcast and I'm just like the one that represents all of their hard work. So it's my responsibility to not to, to deliver it well because there's so much that goes into making good television that it that people have worked tirelessly at and never get any recognition for. Like all the producers and all the editors and all the guys that run all the cables and all the truck companies and all the you know tech guys and there's heaps. And then it comes down to me to be like, okay, we've all done this work and now I'm, my job is to like deliver it so that it works well because if I stuff it up, everyone else's work isn't, you know, properly honored so so that so then in the last 30 seconds before we go on air and i know there's going to be like you know 15 million people around the world i'm like like i still feel like that i'm like okay and i look at mac i usually mac is sitting next to me and 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 he looks at me like nothing ever phases that guy why have you gone why have you gone white will why have you gone completely yeah yeah I'm like, oh, mate, we're good. And he's, and he's sitting there having a lollies or whatever and not even paying attention because he hasn't been involved in any of the meetings or whatsoever. So he just has to talk about the you know, things that he knows. But I'm, and I see everything in front of me, like the whole rundown. I'm like, okay, like I know I've got this, but I have that same heartbeat feeling. And then if I stuff up the first sentence, the whole thing's going to go awry. So just get the first 30 seconds out. I always write the first 30 seconds down. Because it's always under some nice aerial shots or whatever. And I'm like, welcome to London and blah, 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 blah. And if I can get that done, then we're off, right? And then it's just like runaway train and you've got to kind of stay with it. But mm. the beauty of like Super League, and it's with World Triathlon, like the races are usually a bit longer. So there's there's downtimes and gaps and um, where you've got to talk. And like Trevor's really good at that, like, you know, chatting along. And when there's a 1500 meter swim or whatever, there's a middle bit where nothing's happening really. So, but then with Super League, there's no time to there's no time to chat. Mm. It's just it's so it's 300 meters and they're going completely nuts. It's like somewhere Chase is doing some butterfly <laughs> down the middle of the pool. Or... Oh, yeah. Well, I didn't know what to say about that. That was that a was thing. that was a yeah, I haven't unusual. Seen that, <laughs> that was a that was like a yeah that we had, well well it's had, there's some fallout from that but anyway it's not important but um but. Yeah, there's always something new. Man, guys swimming with their shoes on or Johnny Brownlee diving into the water with his helmet on or, you know, that this is why we make it. We make the rules like that. So it really tests them. It, it tests them. And it's just, it's a great package that that we do. And, and, and but, you know, it's the was athletes it, that make it. It's the same as your chase, athletes. Was the chase thing because it was so unusual and there was obviously a reason 
why he was doing it in a so yeah how do you respond in that situation and yeah there's no there's no contingency plan for something like that right is that well i mean yeah i mean he had some he had some he was upset with some things that, like there was a technical or perceived technical issue or whatever but there's nothing that we could have done about it and it turns out that afterwards there was nothing wrong with anything but it's just one of the things one of these things that happened in the moment and he he found himself a little way behind with no way to get back so he thought he'd just do something a bit different well he's a showman so and but like I just reacted in the same way that everybody did which is what the hell is he doing (laughs) you know (laughs) and but so like yeah, I, I try to start because I'm a fan as well. Like I, I think that it's important to have authentic reactions. Mm. You know, I don't, I tend not to think too much like how can I spin, like what is my spin here? Like what, you know, in any situation, but instead just like have the same, I think it's obvious that with commentators or TV, like if they really love it, like you can feel like they love it and then you feel like you've got someone who loves it talking to you, mm. which is important, you know, because you want that person to have investment. And so then you can have investment as a viewer. So, and I think we do have that. And and I think that, you know, triathlon has plenty of people that are like that because a lot of people come from having done it and, and then graduate into, into talking about it afterwards. So you really get that. Um, and that's, that's the beauty of having, as you say, erudite athletes who can mm-hmm. then go on and, because sometimes in like football, right, and then you've got the football guy on who played for five hundred games, and you're like, "What did you think?" And he's like, "Oh, rah, 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 rah. you know, <laughs> it gives well, you nothing because he's been getting hit the in the head of- for the last ten years." The Spanish and Italians and people seem to be very good at being able to do a pretty good, succinct and informative interview. It's just like there's certain countries I think that just doesn't it just doesn't seem to watch. Yeah, the English speaking ones, <laughs> your one and my one. <laughs> yeah, <basically. laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very hard to adequately cover a iron distance race. You know, it's and and I, you know, I say in their defense, I mean, I agree. Like I look at the Ironman World Championships, I'm like, that could be better. You know, and we did sub seven, sub eight, which is this uh, big triathlon event in Germany where we had four, like it was only four athletes in the race, though, so it was a bit different, but it was still an iron distance race. And we had to put a lot of work into making nine hours of television uh exciting for people because it's very boring. It can the, be very boring. I suppose that had the obvious benefit of being uh, having one very specific target, which, but but equally had very few athletes. So on paper, not very much to talk about. But for an eight-hour broadcast, it was it was brilliant, wasn't it? I mean, it, it, and the reaction to that was exceptional, and everyone, I guess what it did have was a, a sky high budget and 55 people working on it that you know can't can't be the situation with every single race but no uh, it did it did lend it did show that sort of other side of what i guess how it can what's be. it's what's possible yeah i mean obviously if it's going to be some regional 70.3 somewhere it's not going to have that same kind of you know budget to it i suppose you're right but what we did do is prepare so so i I prepared, we had 90 different pieces to run off tape during that eight, nine hours. And like, so I interviewed everyone in triathlon, like, and, and done and cut them into like one minute segments. And if every possible contingency happened, we have something to add to the conversation and we'd have things to keep the pace going. And what if someone crashed and what if it was raining and then we're way, they were way behind. And we ended up using about eight of them because they were, it was such a gripping race, but we had, 
we were prepared, like we were prepared to, to for it to be boring hmm. and to be able to keep the pace up. And we also spent a lot of time on graphics. Like, so like it was a lot of graphic information on screen and some of it we didn't end up using because, but we had so much graphic and then we had a second screen where people could log in and see everything and graphs where everything was moving. And whereas like sometimes, you know, I man, like you see that you see the first three people and you got no idea what's going on back there, like zero idea. And then some guy on a bike is like, I think that this guy is this guy. You know, you're like, you got, you just don't know what's happening. And then you want to know what's happening with the guy who's eighth or 12th or your mate who's 51st or whatever. You just never find out. Hmm. So there's room for improvement, but it's not easy, especially with easy because you can imagine like there's lots of, you know, there's constraints. But when we didn't have as many constraints, there's a possibility to make iron distance racing excellent as a product. Hmm. Um, but, you know, you got to be realistic in what, in, what you can do whereas you're we're luckier in short course racing because they do laps it's easier to cover you know they have timing mats and it's you know you get more information so it, it makes it a lot easier yeah it's quite interesting here in the the pro try news crew um you know chelsea burns and co and there was it yokohama was the first one i think and it's you know, and they've been quite outspoken about, oh, you know, which was half the reason for doing it in the first place, right? Because they kind of, oh, this yeah, couple yeah, needs yeah. to be a different <laughs> angle on it and so on. And they they were cooked after two Olympic distance races. <laughs> they were absolutely, absolutely spent. And it's... I, I messaged Talbot and I'm like, where's my... Because I saw it. It was like, Pro Try News. I was like, message Talbot. I'm like, where's my invitation? Like, I'll, I'll, I'll do it. Like, where, what's up? And like, nothing. Just squat. Didn't get didn't get an invitation. I was like, all right, well, we've only got enough for Mark Matthews. I was like, well, Mark Matthews, whatever. What about me? What's that? Come on. <laughs> no, exactly. I was like, uh, a guy who's really immersed in it and everybody knows him or Will McCloy. <laughs> that's, that's, that was the two options. Yeah. But, yeah, it's, I mean, it's not easy. Every, like, everyone thinks it's easy. I think these guys did. There was a certain style to that, which was cool, but they didn't have, like, one guy who was driving it. They kind of just had, like, this conversation style, which is is some people loved it and some people – it, was, it wasn't for them. So I just liked that there was two options, really. I thought that was cool. But, like, everyone everyone thinks they can do a good job. And I think those guys did a certain job, which was good for lots of people. And then other people like Helen and Trevor and what they do. And obviously they've been doing it for so long. So, you know, it's, Trevor's a bit, like, endemic to World Triathlon. So, like, you expect to hear his voice, which I think is like a little, like like Phil Liggett or Murray Walker or whatever. Like, there's a certain element of that for him. Uh, a little bit for me because I, every Super League event has been just me, basically, which is cool. Um, and I hope it just goes on like that for 25 more years. So I think there's a certain comfort in that. Like, you know who you're going to hear mm. when you t- tune into a certain thing. Look, hey, if someone offered me Trevor's job, I'd take it, right? And like, I mean, like, tell him that. You tell him. You tell him. <laughs> I'm coming for him. <laughs> but um I think that he does a great job, and I think that that's why that's why World Triathlon has a, you know that's a very there's a rusted on fan base who know what they're going to expect, which is I think is important. And then it comes to the biggest one every four years, and the person who's on the mic, as is the case across all Olympic sports, I think, is not necessarily the person who's oh, best informed me. or da, 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 and you're like, oh wow, what's what's happening here. Yeah, you know, in Australia, we had uh, doing the triathlon at Tokyo, we had David Warner's wife, who wow. has, no, has never done a triathlon and has just had no idea what was going on at all. 
<laughs> she's a, she's a like surf Ironman racing going on there or something. Is that? Oh, yeah. I mean, she's like Ironman racing here, like not Ironman, but like surf Ironman, like a Nutrigrain series, which is like a surf lifesaving, which okay. is not triathlon, right? So I'll see you a bit sporty. Like, You've done some endurance stuff. Come on. Yeah. Gonna- yeah. I was like, oh, no. Why not? Why not? I was like, hello. Hello. I'm here. I'm free. Yeah. Nah, zero. Zero. <laughs> everywhere. Yeah. I know, but that isn't that the way though, because it, it's a moment in the sun for 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 our sport, and it doesn't get the justice. It doesn't get the justice it deserves sometimes, because all those backstories is what makes it interesting, you know. Mm-hmm. So the reason that when Christian wins, you're like, you need to know everything about what Christian and who Christian is, you know, to to make to make it mean something. Um, and that's why, like, you know, in this sport, it's like ninety percent. Uh, background and study, which is what I do, basically just like study and study and study and study everyone and check out what everyone's doing on socials and know everything that's happened with them and all their results and everything and everything. And then 10% actually doing the job, which is the fun part. But it's like doing exams, you know, and as soon as you stop doing that, as soon as you, because I could stop and I could still do a pretty halfway good job if I didn't do all of that because I kind of know everyone already, but then it's not, it doesn't do them justice and it doesn't do the production justice. And also Maka would be lost because he needs to email me before every event, like one day before and say, hey, can you send me all your notes? Like that one kid at school who has, yeah, he always does that (laughs) every time. I don't know. I just send it to him now. It's like two weeks of work. I'm like, here you go, mate. But then we get, sorry, go on. I was just saying, not only that, but then when we get to the the event, he's like, hey, mate, you know that that email you sent me with those notes? I'm like, yeah. He goes, can you print them out for me? I'm like, all right. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> come on man i said i'll print them out i'll just put them up in the commentary box and then you can read from them said, all right that's that sounds great <laughs> and presumably your the, the prep for, for the championship series has already started but that thing of mm. wanting to know the backstories and, and get it's like the, the research for anything whenever you're talking about someone or something is basically never ending isn't it like there's always that point where you've got to be all right, right i've got to call it here i can't go down another rabbit hole or da 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 but there's nothing like just as you're thinking you've reached that point of like, okay, I've got this. And then you just find another little nugget and yeah. you know, just a little That's angle it. or another question or something that you just didn't didn't know. Um, and it's, yeah. That's so- always the good one though. That's always yeah. the good one. The one that comes just after you think you should give up and you've got enough information on Alex G to write a thesis. And then you realize this one thing about like, but because when you, for super like for anything like there's certain fans that know everything already and and you've got to not talk down to them you know by continually giving them stuff they already know and they're going to get bored but you also have to tell people um who, who are new to the sport something that they can hold on to so you know there's examples for everybody but you're only going to really take if you're watching a race you're only going to really take one thing, if I'm talking about Vincent Lewis and I uh, like, I might tell you 15 things, but the one thing that'll stick with you is he's got a gigantic owl tattoo on his back, you know, like it's just one little thing. And then you go, oh, you can connect it to that person. And then therefore you like them or you don't like them because of that one little tidbit that you got. And it might be something vaguely like they don't really, no one really cares that he came X in the Rio Olympics, but that maybe it's that last week he had a bike accident or, you know, See, he lost his shoes on the way here. You know, like little things that make an athlete three-dimensional for punters. Mm-hmm. That That's that little thing that you find just when you think you should give up. 
because you've just got a whole list of like what he did in the European Cup in Quartera, like, you know, which is boring, but it's that like human thing that you find and that's what allows people to connect to that athlete and then that's and then that's what gives the whole thing a narrative, which I think is really cool. Like that, So that's when you've got to keep digging and dig and dig and then do their social media thing and dig back in the social media and don't accidentally double tap any photos, especially if it's someone in a swimsuit while you're doing research. And, uh, and then, um, and then that's what you, that's where you can deliver them justice and hopefully deliver them some new fans. Cause that's what we're here to do. And would you bet against Vincent winning in Paris next year? Obviously, think, you know, injury being a big question mark. Um, but it looks like he's going to raise the test event and by God, it would be a good story, wouldn't it? Uh, look, it would be amazing. And and don't get me wrong, like I love Vincent, but he has to make the team first, you know, and I think that's going to be a problem. Not not a problem, but it's going to be a challenge because when you look at who they've got, France are amazing, right? So Dorian Connings is there and Pierre Lacour is there and there's someone else who's very obvious who I'm immediately forgetting. Just the defending world champ, but that's fine. Oh, yeah, Leo, that's the one. So Leo, there's three of them, and they're all epic. And so Vince has got to fit into that, and um, obviously the women are also amazing. They could have two mixed-team relay teams, and they could both finish in the top five. Like, that's how good they are, um, which is a great problem to have, but it's a tough one for Vince. So he's got to have a good test event, and then he's got to have a good Super League. He's got to stay injury-free, and he's got to go back to what made Vince great, what made him invincible in 2019 and 2020 was – this swagger that he had when he just believed that he was going to win and everybody else did too. And he had that kind of like a little, little dose of the Ali Brownlees when Ali was at his peak, like everyone just looked to him for a while and gone, how are we going to race this race around what Vince is going to do? And if he's there in the, if he's there at the front of the bike and it's not a fast bike and there's a big bunch, we all know that Vince is going to outkick everyone in the, in the, at the back end. Like we can't out sprint him. We, We have trouble outrunning him. He's going to have the best swim and he had that, like, he's going to win. But after everything that's happened to him, how how is he different now? Like, what what's the new Vince going to be like after all this? And that that's the question. So let's find out at the test event whether he's still got that invincibility that made him, made everyone pay respect to him and then him win races and then it just continues. So it was like a spiral. So, I mean, what do you think? You tell me. What wonder you, if, well, if down the, you know, could that race be won or lost? by someone like Vincent with all that extra experience and and race knowledge could that be the difference if he was at the pointy end against a Hayden and an Alex who on paper would be faster and but yeah then if he's dictating that final two three k and able to to blow them up could that or, or just get in their heads or whatever the hell happens down those final few kilometers between athletes when it just like let's hope it comes to that let's some of them like to pretending to be cooked and some of them just look so in the zone and then you see georgia just finishing a race and her eyes are ringing all over the place because she's just completely rinsed herself even though she looked like she was just out for a casual jog at the time i just I, you know well, georgia's got when georgia's the same like when georgia's on she's got this like like the T1000, you know, like uh, yeah. people are too young now to even have watched the Terminator, but she's got this like serene run and then you're like, oh, she looks like she's running like five-minute Ks and she's running three-minute Ks and she's leaving everyone behind. And 
but it just looks so effortless for her in that moment. Again, she's got to go through this period now. She's going to miss the test event and she's going to miss Super League. And then she's got to come back and try and qualify and do all of that stuff too. So, and then obviously they're together in Font Remote right now, according to my research. So, um, you know, then, and they'll be talking about that exact thing. So, you know, it's hard. Isn't it a hard sport though when you're like 33 or whatever Vince is and he's like, who are these kids? Who are it's like Jan Fredino coming back and trying to win Nice, and he's like, Who is Magnus Ditlev? And you know, who yeah. is Gustav Eden? And how has the game changed? Like, I turned my back for two years and the game has changed completely. And that that's the beauty of this sport, though. You know, like it happens so quickly. And then in two years, Alex here will be like, Who is this kid? You know, it was some other kid who's come up and it was in the juniors two years ago. So the, the bar just keeps getting raised. So it'll be really interesting. Paris will be interesting, Nice will be interesting. Um, you know. Ponte Bedra will be gripping as well. Like, can Hayden beat Alex? Like, I don't know. I love it. I just love talking about it. I'm, I'm glad you. I'm glad you rang me. <laughs> no one here. No one in my house cares. Nobody. Nobody wants to talk about it. <laughs> ah, brilliant. Well, and we look forward to the championship series. Presumably, yeah, you're already kind of knee deep in lever arch folds yep. of stuff for that. And uh, yeah, building. yeah, it's gonna be huge. Gonna be huge. I can't wait to go back. I missed Toulouse last year. Toulouse was amazing. I was gonna be like thirty thousand people on the street until that looked like that was my favorite course of the lot for sure. That looked. Oh, me too. And I wasn't there. I was in Sydney. Oh. I was commentating it in the middle of the night with Macca in this dark room where we were like eating cake at three o'clock in the morning to stay awake, trying to. And then we looked at the crowd and we're like, "Oh my god, we can why back. aren't we it's there?" Amazing. Yeah, 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 yeah. So this time I'll be there. Um, can't wait for that. London first though, which is always an amazing event. So. And then Malibu, and then we go to Neom again, which is a an experience, I'll tell you that. So um, it's it's going to be an exciting series again, and it's wide open now. There's changes to the teams, and um, you know Christian's coming back on board. I mean, might have Gustav as well. I don't know at the moment, and um, George is out. So I mean, I don't know when she's coming back. So there's plenty of question marks, and again, we see the Falcon up against uh, Alex Yee. So we'll see how that one plays out too. All right. Well. Thanks a lot, Will. It's been brilliant talking to you. And yeah, looking forward to seeing you back in the yellow and green of Australia pretty soon then as well. Thanks, Doug. Cheers.